What up, Bench Life listeners, uh, which is nobody because I abandoned this podcast like a year ago, but we're coming back like 2-3 in the finals. Uh, Brennan, say what up to everybody. Brennan's my guest today, my boy. Say what up. Hello, everyone listening to this. I hope you enjoy this episode. It's going to be a really good one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, man, that sounds so much better. We had some technical difficulties, but uh, we're back in it. Uh, okay, so today we're going to put our GM hats on and we're going to make a trade that's going to put a team over the top. So let's say the team's maybe going to go to the second round. Maybe the conference finals, but not get to the finals and actually contend for a championship. So Brendan's gonna have one. I'm gonna have one. Oh, Brendan, how are you oh, I think I'm. I think I misheard your question when you asked me about it. I thought it was like to make sure a team is a guaranteed championship threat. Like I was trying to lock in a team for a title instead of uh, making a second round team over the top or making a second round team a little bit better. No, can you think? Um, do you th- are you able? Oh, do you want to restart? No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I just thought of one on the spot as we were talking. I'm okay, just gonna sweet. say the I'm just gonna say the first one I thought of, and then I'll say the uh, the one that I'm actually gonna go with. So of course, as a LeBron fan, I wanted to make it unfair for him, or not unfair for him, but just a guarantee he wins the title. And then, reasonably, I felt like if the Lakers added Andre Iguodala, there would be no way anyone beats them because they're, the only problem for them I see is a guy like Kawhi Leonard, and you don't want LeBron having to guard him and shoulder the offensive load. So if you add Andre Iguodala then LeBron doesn't have to guard Iguodala. I mean, doesn't have to guard Kawhi anymore. As we saw in the NBA Finals last year, the Warriors were able to put Iguodala on Kawhi, and he had a lot of success. Of course, you don't stop a great player like that, but at the end of the day, you know what I'm trying to say about uh, having a player that can slow you down. So yeah, I get it. So first yeah. disclaimer, Brennan's like a big-time LeBron fan. Like, he, like clear, I didn't even mention LeBron. I, I, didn't, I was really hoping he wasn't even going to bring up LeBron, but of course he does. Uh, so to, for what you said, uh, the Iguodala move was, was actually pretty, pretty hilarious in my opinion. Cause, cause we were waiting let's say, okay, is he going to the Clippers? Is he going to the Lakers? And then he goes to Miami out of all places, but I don't blame Memphis for making that deal. Cause they got justice Winslow. And I mean, that's, yeah. that's way more than you're going to get from the Clippers or the Lakers. But if to, to counter to not even counter to, to add on to you, if he goes to the Lakers, I, I agree, man. It's all about throwing bodies at these players that need to come up clutch in the playoffs, like Kawhi yeah. and Paul George. Paul George is a little bit more more shaky in the playoffs than Kawhi Leonard, but if you throw Iguodala, if you throw a LeBron in the fourth quarter, most likely he's not exactly. going to exactly. be during the whole game. But that's, that's, that's the role that Iguodala would have played. You know, first three quarters, whenever Kawhi Leonard's in the game, Iguodala's in the game. And we're just going to mirror him and, 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 and shadow him the whole game. So I agree. Yeah, that's a great move. Um for, for just a, just a little bit more on Iguodala, that Miami move really really told us that they really think they're contenders. Do you do you see them as contenders? No, I don't. But that Me that move, they give away a quality young piece in Justice Winslow, a great perimeter shooter, an improved perimeter shooter, an improved three point shooter, and 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 the perimeter defense from that kid. Man, I love it, man. He's he, he's a great player in my opinion. A lot of people are a little down on him. His stocks went down. I don't understand that. I think he's a great perimeter def- defender, and that's. That's pretty much the mo- most valuable piece of defending in the league nowadays. No, yeah, and you don't. And yeah, I agree with you. But you know what it says to me, and it, and I mean this is no disrespect to Giannis. It says to me that people don't fear him. So like everyone thinks now that LeBron's gone, that the East is wide open, and that anyone can win it. There's probably five, six teams that all think with their team right now they can win the East. Yeah, for 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 your point about saying people don't fear Giannis. I I don't agree with that. I think people fear Giannis, but I don't think they fear his team. That's 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 where it is because because you can collapse on Giannis and he's gonna kick it out. And if I'm a if I'm an opposing GM, am I gonna really really change my team to to completely guard Giannis or 
am I going to be like, okay, well, we seen it last year when the Raptors faced the Bucks. They took away Giannis in the in the inside his inside game, and then the the rest of the team did not live up to what they were supposed to live up to. So, you know, I think there is some truth and some merit to what you're saying, and I'm not going to disagree, but I'm also not going to say that they don't fear Giannis because he is pretty much the most like ungod like godly prospect there is out there right now. You know, and and maybe you can throw Luca into that. The thing is, though, his game. His game just doesn't translate to the playoffs, as we, we were talking about yeah, with the Raptors. Once you, yeah, yeah. So there's just problems with that. So I don't know. I just don't feel like teams look at Giannis and say, oh, we're going to have to wait this guy out or, oh, we're going to have to build a super team to beat him. I feel like teams are like teams like Miami Heat, they're thinking, hey, let's add one, two pieces that aren't over the top pieces and we can beat these guys. Because if you watch Miami, every time they play Milwaukee, they give them work. Yeah, but 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 again, Miami Miami has great perimeter defenders, and especially with the acquisition of Iguodala, like like uh, Jimmy Butler can defend the perimeter at a high high level. Iguodala can yeah. defend the perimeter at a high high level. Before before trading Winslow, he could defend the defend the perimeter at a high high level. And with a team like Milwaukee, like the perimeter defense, I don't think is as important because it's pretty much Giannis controlling the rock or Eric Bledsoe controlling the rock, and it's going to be a kick out after they 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 penetrate the defense. Correct. So if I'm if I'm waiting there and I'm playing really high up on Eric Bledsoe or Giannis, which would make no sense, they're gonna they're gonna drive the ball in and then you have three of three point shooters ready. There's no there's no in between game with Milwaukee. You know, there's the inside game, there's the outside game, there's nothing in between. So you there's you no mid range. Yeah, you can really control yeah. the game against Milwaukee if you you know play your cards right. No, I agree with everything you just said. But then now to get away from the Lakers and Iguodala and the Heat. The team that I think would be over the top if they were able to add that third piece would not over the top, but it will um, increase their ceiling would be the Denver Nuggets. I feel like as of right now, the Denver Nuggets are a team that's going to get knocked down in the first round, depending on the matchup. And if they were able to add a guy like Drew Holiday to their team, it would uh, solidify them as actual contenders to the Lakers and Clippers instead of a team that will probably give them five games, five hard games. They would be a team that gives them like a they can actually beat them in a series. So you're a big Drew Holiday believer? Yeah, I, I like his game. Do you agree with my assessment that he doesn't fit on the lake on the the Pelicans right now in their young culture? I don't. Think oh no, he's out. He he, he he's doesn't out, fit right? in the time. He doesn't fit in the timeline at all. Yeah, he doesn't fit in the timeline. Yeah. I agree. Like I, I I watch almost every Pelicans game because you know I'm a big Lonzo fan. So yeah. so I'm watching the game and whenever Drew Holiday has the ball, it just feels like the the flow of the game just slows down for the Pelicans. And I don't yeah. think that's what they want. I think they're. I think what they're best interested in, it, excuse me, is in is handing the keys of the offense out to Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and letting them run the offense with Zion just floating around them. Exactly. So, let, let those let the three guys let those three guys develop. I'd even yeah, change. Let them trade, I'd even chain uh, trade. Uh, I can't even talk right now. Trade JJ Reddick even just to. I don't know about JJ Reddick, a three point shooter, and you know, like for someone like Lonzo and Zion, if he gets doubled, it's going to be a good piece to throw. But anyways, back to the Drew Holiday to the to the Denver Nuggets. Man, we're both. Freaking tripping over our tongues. Is yeah, even I, a, I don't even know. I think it's the uh, corona. It has everyone scared. Yeah, I don't think that's a good... I don't think... I'm going to have to disagree with you because I don't think Drew Holiday is legitimate enough as a third option to be on a title contender. I think he's more of a like a, a, a very good fourth piece or a third piece on someone that's going to get knocked down in the second round, like you said. Um, the, I'll tell you why. Jamal Murray has proven a few times now that he can come up big in the playoff moments. Yeah, that, that's something. And shout out to Jamal Murray. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm shouting him out. Like we, we're established or something. But why shout not? out to Paul Murray, the Canadian. Um, yeah, no, he's he's yo he. 
He's been better in the playoffs than he is in the in the in the, in the regular season, in my opinion. Not, I agree with that. And then that's just impressive. But just the, just the addition of Drew Holiday, it makes sense in a scheme fit. You have two two guards now, two combo guards really, uh, controlling the rock, and then a pivot in the in the center of the of the of the key with with Jokic. And you know how big of a fan I am of Jokic, so I think it would work. But I think in the playoffs. Um, you need a big time player, and I don't know if they if Jamal Murray is is at that level yet. And Drew Holiday, in my opinion, isn't at that level, and will never be at that level, especially his age, to take the team over the top. So what do you I, say about uh, CJ McCollum? Then I just feel like a guy who's not yet, who's not quite an all star, but is a level below an all star, like a fringe all star, will take Denver to where where they're competing with the Lakers, they're competing with the Clippers. That's interesting, man. I, I, yeah. I think they need an alpha dog. I think they need a, they need an absolute bucket. They, so they need a true number one option, then. That's what they you need think. A, yeah, I don't think Jamal Murray is the true number one, or at least not yet. And Jokic will never be the true number one. Wow. Just, just his game will, will never transition into being a star player number one on a team. Like, for example, like Jokic and, and Jamal Murray. Like, Jokic is the better player, Yeah. but Jamal Murray is still the number one option. Okay, I know what you're trying to say. Like, you always believe the perimeter player has to be the guy the who can handle yeah, the ball exactly. has to. So, other than Kobe and Shaq, there will never be um, a big who's the number one on a championship team again. That's what you're saying. No, no, no. But Kobe and Shaq, like, again, like, back in those days, the big Yeah, big, yeah, big, I know. I know. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just seeing – I'm just trying to get your point of view. Yeah, but, no, it's an interesting take. I think it would definitely make him a, more of a contender. But true holiday for me, like, I'm not as big of a believer as, as most people on him. Uh, so, you know – yeah. The the one thing that Drew Holiday like I, I really I really like about his game is he's a mature guy. You don't have to worry about him getting in any trouble. You don't have to you don't have to worry about any like stupid stupid actions like like players like Draymond, like they're great players and but like you just always have the possibility of something going left. And with Drew Holiday, he's gonna score for you, he's gonna pass for you, he's gonna defend for you, he's gonna he's gonna bring the leadership into the locker room and, and just no drama with him. So that's a good addition, but for me I would disagree in terms of taking him into a championship level team. All right, so who's the player and what's the team for you? Uh, so my player is Rudy Gobert. Oh. Rudy Gobert going to the Brooklyn Nets. I yeah. think this is a match made in heaven, and I understand. Um, first of all, let's address the coronavirus situation in Utah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I think he's done in Utah. Oh, no, you can't come back from that. Yeah, so you see so yeah, he's done in Utah? That. Yeah, he's, he had, there's no way. You can't give, like, he was too, the whole story is that he was too, uh, what's the word for it, irresponsible. In, uh, in the Utah locker room. And then yeah. he was the one who was, even if, let's say, Donovan Mitchell gave it to Gobert, at the end of the day, Gobert wasn't respectful of the whole disease. And then now he shut down, the, not only did he shut down the league, he put Donovan Mitchell's family at risk. He made Donovan Mitchell sit outside for two weeks by himself. And as we are all experiencing right now, that can cause severe, severe mental health issues. So if Donovan Mitchell says, screw this guy, I'm never going to be cool with him again, I understand him. And what's, it's, it's, what I think is pretty hilarious in this situation is that Donovan Mitchell could have gave it to Gobert, and we would yeah. no. Gobert yeah. has solidified himself as the as like the patient zero in the NBA, all because and, he was so stupid and making jokes about it. Yeah, and he and honestly, he 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 deserves the criticism he's getting, and I think yeah. he's done in Utah. And this is what stems over here. So, what team would take Gobert? How about a dysfunctional and and uh, and egotistical and immature? Two players in Brooklyn with Kyrie and KD, and I love both of them. I think they're great players, but we gotta agree that they they aren't the real alpha dogs that that they were so accustomed to seeing. And I think they wouldn't they wouldn't mind having someone like Gobert join that lineup. They have DeAndre Jordan. They forced the GM to give him a four year, forty million dollar contract. And I get it. You want to be buddy buddy with your people, but you got DeAndre Jordan paid. 
You got him forty million, something he was never gonna get anywhere else. So you don't owe him anything. Gobert is our rim protector. He'd be great for Giannis and Ben Simmons, who can't shoot the ball, who have to go into the paint. So in playoff situations, you're completely you're not eliminating those players, of course, because they're still great players and they will score and they will facilitate and they'll do what they do. But I think Gobert is gonna disrupt them at the rim. He's gonna be a great rebounder, a 15-18 guy almost every game, clean up everything. And with KD and Kyrie, you don't need Gobert to score. Those 15 points that he's going to get, they're going to come back on putbacks and, 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 and rebounds and such. And I know you would say, like, okay, maybe DeAndre Jordan would, would do the same thing. But not. Exactly. But the defending is, is, is what's going to take it over the top for me. And I, I understand, like, there's the same kind of players. But Gobert is a defensive player of the year, you know, candidate every single year. He's a rim protector. He's a, he's a big 7-2 guy. Um, and DeAndre Jordan, he's just he, – he's, he's falling off a cliff. Jared Allen is a better player than DeAndre Jordan at this point of his career, in my opinion. So I think Rudy Gobert in that offense with KD and Kyrie carrying the scoring load and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, if they can make the numbers work, I think it's a great addition. What do you think? I don't think I don't think they'll be able to get um, Gobert from Utah without giving up uh, Dinwiddie. I can't even say his name. Dinwiddie. How do you Dinwiddie? I can't pronounce Dinwiddie. his name for some. I can't pronounce his name for some reason. And Spencer Lefer, Dinwiddie. Yeah. The go to. I'm just gonna call him Spencer. So. Spencer, I'm not saying his last name no more. So Spencer, right. without giving out Spencer and Levert, there's no way Utah does the trade. And that's my first that's my first point. And then my next point would be, do you really think in 2020 Gobert is that much of an improvement over DeAndre Jordan to tell to go and tell Kyrie and uh Ky- KD, hey, like we're get your boy sitting on the bench now because we want to play this guy. And you just said they're um they have a, a different mindset. So and then plus they've already both already won and they've both already said publicly. It's not about winning just to win now. It's about winning with people you're friends with. Them and DeAndre Jordan are really, really, really tight. So for them, it's not no longer about winning. Because if it was still about winning, Katie would have resigned with the Warriors. If it was still about winning, Kyrie would have never left LeBron in Cleveland. They're they're about winning on their own terms and with their people they like. So that's why I don't think Gobert works for you. Okay, so to, to address As a the basketball first part, fit, you're right. As a basketball fit, you're right. But yeah, the so to, to address the first part, yeah. Um, I think Gobert's stock is completely like at the ground at this point. No, like that—that's like a global, global issue. And the NBA is very careful about these issues, especially with the Daryl Morey situation in China. Yeah, uh, it, like once once you mess with like a global issue, like a pandemic, I think your stock is going to crash. And Gobert is just is damaged good, goods at this point. I think you can get him for like a first round pick, and maybe okay, maybe you do have to give up Spencer Dinwiddie or a first round pick, or maybe both. But it's worth it in my opinion. Um, like, I understand there's still value to go bear, but, but like, some things are bigger than basketball, and, and I think his stock is diminishing, and, and he's a very attainable piece. Yeah. For the second point, I understand that DeAndre Jordan is their friend, and they want to play with friends, but at the end of the day, if I'm the GM, this is still my team. And I'm going to sit down with KD and Kyrie, and I'm going to say, hey, okay, listen, I know you guys wanted DeAndre Jordan here. You guys already got him paid, okay? He got the $40 million. It's, it, it's a business, okay? We want to win a championship. Just like they said, they hey, it's about playing with your friends and winning with your friends. Maybe that's – I'm the GM here. I'm not, I'm not here to play with my friends or win with my friends. I'm here to win, period. And if someone like Gobert could come into the team and do what he has done in Utah for Brooklyn, I think that's a realistic chance that me going to the finals and, and taking someone like the, the, the Warriors or the Lakers or the Clippers to a competitive series and maybe, maybe even winning it. Who knows? So I'm sitting them down, and I'm saying, hey, listen, this is a – championship piece okay we're looking at that we're looking at the east Giannis can't shoot he's going into the lane Ben Simmons can't shoot he's going into the lane and I'm looking at these pieces 
And even even on the Raptors, Pascal, okay, he shoots threes, but we can both agree he doesn't scare anybody outside the three-point arc. So I'm not too concerned about what Katie and Kyrie have to have to say once I complete when I said once I said I'm down and I explained to them how this is gonna work and the Eastern Conference outlook. I think it's hard to it's hard to deny. And if 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 it's such a big issue that they want DeAndre Jordan on the team, maybe I'll look to trade someone like Jared Allen. If if like it's that's gonna hurt, but maybe I would do that and, and put DeAndre Jordan on the bench. Who knows? But at the end of they the just day, fired, uh, just to cut you off, not to cut you off though. Even though I am, I apologize. They just Sorry. fired their coach just because he wasn't starting DeAndre Jordan and because Kyrie and Katie didn't like him. He was okay, the one. But who Brandon, built, yeah, Brandon, I literally said once they. Uh, I don't know if I said this to you or, or Munji, but I said once they once Katie and Kyrie came, I told I said that coach is gone. He has no credentials to coach someone like Katie and Kyrie, a championship team. There's no credentials with that coach. He's gone. But we agree that the NBA is the one sport where the players actually run their franchises. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. This absolutely. is a this is a case of KD and Kyrie, Brooklyn. They run the franchise. You just have to do what they want. Man, I just I just don't see how how they can say no to it. If that's a realistic deal, I don't know how they could just say no to that. I'm I'm I agree with you on the basketball fit. I'm just talking like lock like locker room politics. As you know, not everything is just do what's best for the business. There's emotions involved. They're all humans. So that's why I'm saying Gobert doesn't fit because he takes away DeAndre Jordan. And they just benched Jared Allen, who's a really good piece. He could have been an all-star this year, to be honest. And they're benching him now for DeAndre Jordan. So I don't yeah. see how Gobert that's my only thing. I agree with the basketball fit. I don't think they beat the Lakers, Clippers, or Warriors, but that's another topic for another day. But I think you're right about them being really the favorite in the East. It's just it doesn't fit in the locker room. Yeah, but honestly, maybe that Jared Allen move had something to do with him being a kid as well. Like, like your like your uh, boy LeBron. Like he doesn't like 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 youngsters. You know, thirty or forty three players. He wants vets. Yeah, and Gobert is a vet, so maybe that'll that'll be enough to sway Katie and Kyrie. But. There may be a situation or a scenario where they can get Gobert and keep DeAndre Jordan. If that's a possibility, they should look into it. But, uh, Brennan, I appreciate you being on this podcast. You know, yeah, don't me, worry about it. me and Brennan, you know, just love to talk uh, all sports. Uh, well, not baseball or uh, hockey. Not baseball. Hockey. Hockey, I've been watching. So, yeah. you know, I love me some hockey. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know enough to talk about it. But, yeah, we'll have uh, Brennan back on the, on the podcast with Munji probably. Yeah, uh, any NBA uh, topic. I'm open for. Yeah, and if, if anyone made it through the whole episode, we appreciate it. Yeah, We're just you. here in quarantine doing nothing. We just want to talk. Yeah. Um, Brennan has his own podcast. It's called yeah. Brennan. Let me, yeah, let me let me let me do my plug. Let me let me let me do my plug in. Let me do my plug in. So we're now on Spotify as of today, which makes me very very happy because a lot of people their issue with the podcast was, hey, I don't want to download Anchor and create an Anchor Anchor account just to listen to it. But now I'm on Spotify, which is so good. I'm waiting to get back to um, Apple Podcasts and all the other uh, all the other streams of listening to podcasts. We're new to this, so of course we don't really know like the details. But now you can check me out on Spotify at Brennan's Island. You will enjoy it. If you want to be a guest, just message me on Instagram or Snapchat, preferably Instagram because Snapchat is very personal for me. So B-R-E-N-N-A-N-B and then two underscores. Again, B-R-E-N-N-A-N-B, two underscores, and you just get at me. Thank you, Bashar, for having me on your podcast. This has been a really fun episode. All I'm going to say is Lakers in five. All right. Anyway, I appreciate you, Brennan. Appreciate everyone listening. Lakers Uh, in five. (laughs) Take it easy. Look out for the next episode. Lakers in five.